record before you opened your drink and took a big drink? Yes. Seems like a bad order of operations. I was just going to cut that part out. No, no, I've talked about it, so you have to leave it in. Shit. <laughs> well. <laughs> well, that's that. That's that Raincoat Report production quality that everybody looks forward to every week. Yeah, I think on the last episode, I was listening to it and I could hear, like, me opening a can while you were talking. Just clink, clink, clink. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was good. I like it. It's kind of like, uh, it's like ASMR <laughs> for, like, uh, scumbags. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of wheezing and belching and... <laughs> Clinking, clinking about. Yeah, I, I edit a lot of stuff out, but um, uh, you can't. You can't get it all. I'm obviously both going to overlook stuff along the way and just feel lazy along the way and just have stuff that, like, can't really be dealt with. So it's a, it's a mixture. But uh, people keep listening to us for some reason, so we'll just keep doing it. All right, here we are. Welcome again. Yes, welcome to the Raincoat Report. This is Boss here with Jeremy. The podcast where you jack. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, celebrating 60 years of the Raincoat Report. Wow, 60 years. Yeah, 60 years. It's been a while. I feel so old. Yeah. I want to retire. <laughs> we should. This is our retirement episode. All right. We're going into hibernation. Yeah, we'll be off at least six days, so. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I can get a lot of hibernation done in that amount of time. It's time to jack. I already said that. Oh, damn What are we jacking it to this week? This week we're jacking it to Barbara Broadcast. Oh, wow. That must be about television. If you thought it was about television, you would be wrong. Oh, what's it about? Uh, It's about Barbara Broadcast, a world-famous author-slash-prostitute. Wow. That sounds like a really interesting person. Uh, probably. Why is her name Barbara Broadcast? Uh, I don't know. She was just born that way. That's not a real last name. Uh, why is your name Jeremy Fuckface? Because that's the, we're Italian. <laughs> no, we're German. Oh, yeah. Came here after the war. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, in this case, uh, Barbara Broadcast herself is played by the lovely Annette Haven, um, and she is uh, being interviewed by reporter Roberta, played by C.J. Lang, and... Um, Reporta? Reporta? Reporta. Yes. Roberta the Reporter. Roberta Reporter. Is that her whole name, like Barbara Broadcast? Uh, I'd like to think so. Okay. We'll go with that. Um, but we also have uh, appearances from Bobby Astor, uh, Jamie Gillis, Sharon Mitchell. Constance Money. Constance Money from another film. <laughs> Jamie Gillis from another film. Yes, but also in this film. He's in both. <laughs> Worlds have collided. So, uh, yeah, we got, we got a lot going on here. Uh, it is quite a film. It's worth noting that a lot of this film was uh, shot at the restaurant in the Royal Manhattan Hotel. Yes, it was. Which uh, was closed at the time, uh, which is good for the health code. 
Yeah. So there are a lot of health code violations in this movie. Uh, but it's an interesting thing. It uh, currently exists in uh, New York as the Roe NYC Hotel. And so uh, as part of your sex tourism, you can visit. Okay. Uh, but they don't have any of the same stuff. Probably not, no. And they probably changed how it looks. Probably, but there's you'll. I think I feel like I feel the energy. Yeah, I think you'd still be haunted by the specters of uh, Barbara Broadcast and Roberta Reporter. Yes, Roberta Reporter. <laughs> um, yeah, that was. Did you watch the making of thing on the? I did not. It was pretty interesting. They were saying that like uh, it was. I think I guess it was going out of business at the time, and they right. were doing like auctioning off like all the shit in the hotel like in the next room over from where they were trying to shoot and it <laughs> was just impossible so they had to uh reschedule and start shooting at night no oh, yeah yeah um so everyone like started at 6 p.m and just worked on into the night mm -hmm. and they had to like get every single light they possibly could to like make that place look like it was you know like in broad daylight right yeah it was a it's pretty pretty interesting the way they uh made a lot of the stuff um i got some of that information in my noggin and i will try to relay it as we go along on uh, certain set pieces excellent and yeah. yeah this is a film of set pieces for sure yeah there's a lot of really elaborate things that happen in this film and we'll get into it along the way but uh anything else you want to add about barbara broadcast before we launch into it um calling it barbara broadcast and it not being about tv is fucked up. It's like if I watched A Fish Called Wanda and there was no fish. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Well, let's go to break. All right. We'll take a break and then we'll be back to talk about Barber Broadcast. Or even the radio. Just anything on the USA Network, uh, Swamp Thing Show. <laughs> um, what else do we have on there? There was one that I was not allowed to watch. It wasn't Duckman. I watched a lot of Duckman, which is also on the USA Network. Oh, it scared me. You startled me out of my uh, tr out of my USA Network trance. <laughs> Let's talk about this film. Uh, to to fill in the blank for our listeners, we were just talking about which TV show we're going to do a petition to have uh, revived. Knott's Landing. Knott's Landing? You weren't allowed to watch Knott's Landing? No, I was allowed to watch <laughs> Knott's Landing with my mom, but I think that was on TBS. I don't remember. Or maybe it was on TNT. Was I don't think USA? it was a USA property. I also watched, we uh, watched Wings. Oh, Wings was in heavy rotation on USA. Yeah. I don't know if... I. Was well, that originally a network show? I think so. I think so. it was just in syndication. 
Uh, I feel like there was some like uh, kids shows. I think there was an Ultraman series for a brief time on USA. There was. Like in the morning. There was. Uh, Knott's Landing was on CBS, which I was allowed to watch. <laughs> okay. I could watch Ren and Stimpy if it was on Nickelodeon, but if it was on MTV, my dad would get mad. <laughs> Barbara Broadcast. So, Barbara Broadcast. God damn it. <laughs> oh, uh, Barbara Broadcast opens with a bunch of establishing shots around the city. And uh, we get some text notes on the screen. The events in this film are based on an authentic fantasy. Only the names have been changed to protect the guilty. And this kind of sets the table for this, which is kind of uh, indeed a uh, fantasy film in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. uh, the world works in a different way than it does in our reality here. It sure does. It's a... Um... It's a happy world to live in. It seems like a fine world. There doesn't seem to be as much strife. No. Uh, everyone's very cool and naked. Yeah, there's not really any conflict. Yeah, yeah. no, it's just a wonderful world. Maybe one day our reality and barbaric broadcast reality will merge and we will live in perfect sexual harmony. But until that day, you're going to really the let's, let's say the uh, the the outline of the plot yes. the skeleton of a structure that exists we need <laughs> in order to reach this goal what we need to do is get rid of all social media except for pornhub mhm mm mhm mm and then uh yeah the world will just be full of people like the kind that message us on instagram all the time <laughs> and by then It'll all be okay. Right. Society will have retooled to allow people to talk about their stepdaughters and... Uh, jacking it. Jacking it and just, uh, you know, all sorts of sexual deviance will be normalized. And then it will become sexual... Uh, what's the opposite of being a deviant? I've never been called that before. Uh, uh, I don't know. Non-deviant? <laughs> yeah. It, the deviations will merge into a powerful pyramid of sexual energy that will free the world. So says the teacher. What a lovely vision of the future. Yeah, I kept tears in my eyes thinking about it. <laughs> so, uh, so after these establishing shots, we see the inside of our lovely hotel restaurant. The first familiar face that I see is, of course, Bobby Astor, who is the maitre d' of the restaurant. We see uh, a man, I believe this is Zebedee Colt, ordering at a table. He uh, is showing his waitress the menu and pointing at something, and she sits back on the table and pulls up her skirt, and he starts going down on her. Since our first health code violation of the film. But it won't be our last by far. No. Bring him on. <laughs> Um, it must be a horror show for the health code, like the health department in this reality. Yeah. <laughs> to have to constantly, they'd have to just rewrite everything to be like, listen, if there's cum near your food, that's just part of the experience. 
It's part of the ambiance. Part of the ambiance when there's a fucking bucket of piss in the back. <laughs> well, we'll get there. Uh, <laughs> the waitress continues to write on her notepad as uh, she's getting oral here. We cut to two older women who are walking up some steps and... They look across the restaurant and see two women at a table and point excitedly as they're waving the books they have in their hands. These women are, uh, I believe it's Florence Daughtery and Florence Vincent were their names they were introduced as. Florence Dorothy. Florence and Dorothy? Florence Dorothy is one of them, and I think Florence Vincent was the other one. Okay. But yeah, it doesn't matter. (laughs) But they approach a table where Barbara Broadcast, again Annette Haven, is sitting there with uh, Roberta, played by C.J. Lang. One of uh, the Florences approaches the table and asks, Aren't you Barbara Broadcast? They mention how she looks even better than in her picture. The Florences point out uh, that Barbara had been deported for her victimless crimes. Barbara asks if they were really victimless, and they mention it's still bad she was deported but from her homeland, and she notes she wasn't crazy about Puerto Rico anyway. So she's Puerto Rican? I guess. Okay. She doesn't look very Puerto Rican, no, but she it's doesn't, perhaps but not fair to judge that. No, she's just uh, the son of... She's the son of someone. Yeah. No, not at all. She's the daughter of uh, oh, yeah. white people. Who yeah. went to Puerto Rico, I guess. Yeah. Uh, the colonizer. Oh, yeah. You know, the bad guy. She's the, son, she's the son of a bad guy. She's the son of colonizers. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, two men approach the table. One of them mentions that his brother is shy and asks if she could give them an autograph and give his uh, brother a little head. Just a little. He doesn't need to come or anything. She asks why they're so shy, and so she signs uh, an autograph and starts to blow the brother. After a bit, he asks if he can come in her mouth, and she says, "Uh uh-uh, as she's sucking. And then he asks, when will he be able to come in a girl's mouth? And she says, when he knows not to ask. Yeah, when uh, when will I be old enough to come in a girl's mouth? Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, But yeah, when you're old enough not to ask is the, I guess, correct answer. You just got to go for it. (laughs) there's a certain amount of uh chivalry in asking for permission first yeah i guess in a normal world but in barbara broadcast world anything goes that's true she uh stops blowing him at this point and puts his dick away um so roberta is interviewing barbara at the table she asks what it's like being a successful author and Barbara says it's better than typing all day, and she mentions that she had been a secretary in the past. The guy from the very beginning, I believe that was Zebedee Colt's character, finishes uh, going down on the waitress, and another waitress walks up to ask if he wants another serving. Uh, He says that's okay, he just wants a coffee now. A waiter approaches Barbara's table, and she requests a number 17. Yes. So he walks away, and then he returns with a tray with a silver dish on it. Yeah. Then he pulls out his cock and starts stroking. Yes. Uh, it looks like there's some, like, lettuce in this uh, dish. Yeah, yeah, it's like a little salad. Yeah, it's like a little salad, but it's almost like a wine glass shape uh, Yeah, it's a very... Dish. It's, it's an odd dish. Yes, 
But uh, he strokes and finally finishes onto uh, the lettuce and into the dish. He, uh, and that's a number 17. Yeah, that's a number 17 for you. He zips up and asks Barbara if her friend has arrived yet, and she says no. Uh, but that's when her friend does arrive. This is Joyce, played by Shirley Peters. <laughs> Barbara tells Joyce that she ordered for her and uh, slides the number 17 towards her. Joyce looks at the dish but says she can't have it because it's her binge food. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> <laughs> So, Barbara talks about how the best place to meet people in the city is a bus terminal. She says some stuff about meeting men there. Um, But then we see a waitress and a guy making out uh, next to the wall. And the maitre d' comes and takes a check from him. A waitress drops some dishes. So, the maitre d' comes up and opens his jacket and she gets down and starts to blow him. Yes, he continues to survey the restaurant as he's getting blown. It's his, uh, it's his principal duty is just to like discipline people who break break glass. Yes, it's one of the house rules. <laughs> Joyce says it's going to be a busy afternoon for her because there was a bloody mafia picture on yesterday, so she gets up and has to leave to do her work. She doesn't get very far, though. She doesn't. Uh, We cut to a table where some customers are looking at... I believe they say it's chopped liver? uh, Shaped into a cock? Oh, cocked liver. Oh, yeah, cocked liver. (laughs) Uh, One notes that it must be a Horowitz, but the other says that can't be Horowitz's work. As Joyce is leaving the restaurant, a guy stops her to say that he's a friend of Tony's, and he said Tony said that he could make it with her on his account. But uh, they make out for a minute, and then she gets down and starts blowing him. They don't say what she does, but do they? No. I think she just might just be a prostitute. Yeah, I, I, that's the that's the impression that I got. That's by the context clues. Yes, and uh, my understanding <laughs> is that uh, this gentleman is a wise guy who got turned on because he watched bloody mafia movies on TV yesterday. Yeah. And uh, that's why they all need to fuck now, I guess. Yeah, violence makes you horny. <laughs> I guess so. Especially mafia violence. Yes. So um, their culture is very uh, it's romantic. That's what they call it, the romantic languages. <laughs> I think I don't even know if it's one of the romantic languages. Let's move on. I'm I'm not a linguist. So Joyce lays the guy down on the table and starts to ride him, and we see in the background Barbara and Roberta at their table chatting, and the restaurant goers are, of course, going about their business as usual. He pulls out and comes on her ass, and then she uh, rides it a bit more. Uh, There's a guy making out with a woman by the wall, and the maitre d' asks who he is, and he says he's Harvey, the wall banger. And uh, the maitre d' just moves on. Yeah, he he nods. He's like, all right, good. Bobby Astor's great. Uh, Another waitress drops some stuff and has to go blow Bobby Astor. So again, he's great. I love his funny little face. (laughs) He's got good comic, comedic sensibilities. Yes, he does. Uh, They call him the clown prince of porn. (laughs) <laughs> Which is true. I didn't just make that up. That was something they said oh, in, that little, that. in that little documentary. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. He's like the Joker of porn. <laughs> A woman approaches Barbara and Roberta's table and asks if they mind if she blows their waiter. 
She says she doesn't know where hers went and says that in a Caucasian restaurant, you have to keep track of them because they all look alike. That's very true. I think we've really, we've nailed that with our face blindness (laughs) in general, especially on white people. Yes. They all have mayo tube shaped heads with thin little lips, uh, big fucking glassy eyes and eyebrows like owls. (laughs) It's the average white person. (laughs) Uh, Roberta asks the woman, and uh, this is Susan McMain, by the way, but she's unnamed in the film. Um, oh, yeah, I also made that note, but uh, she does a good job, so I, I think we did. It's right to credit her. Yes. So Roberta asks if she minds if she helps her, and she says, not at all. So uh, the woman sits down and grabs a stair rail. And the waiter comes up, and uh, he holds onto the rail, and she starts to blow him. Yeah. As Roberta kind of holds uh, the woman a bit as she's doing her work. He's got a real big donger. Yeah, he does. So it's impressive. Yeah, I believe this is this is Peter Andrews, I believe. Okay, I think he. They said he was. Um, he was one of the three guys who got worked by misty beethoven and misty beethoven i think is what they said oh okay Uh, yeah when she's like you know i'm talking about when she's doing them all at once and makes them all come at the same time oh okay yeah yeah yeah. she's he's all three of those guys pushed into one person (laughs) um like it's like a dragon ball z kind of thing where you can like split and like fuse and it's pretty cool (laughs) that is pretty cool yeah he's a pretty interesting actor his name is uh Majin Buu. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, a waitress comes by and asks the woman if she wants something to drink as she's still blowing this guy, and uh, she requests a Shirley Temple. Uh, she's really sucking him good, and uh, Barbara's sitting at the table watching, and she starts to look through Roberta's notes. She looks over at Roberta and seems very impressed with her uh, getting into the action. As the woman's blowing the waiter and Roberta's kind of like supporting the back of her head and stuff. Yeah. She starts to suck him really fast and he spurts on her face and she keeps sucking, uh, deep throating it to really finish it off good. Very, uh, very impressive blowjob scene. Yes. Good size load, quality sucking. Yeah. I can't say anything bad about it. In fact, I can't say enough good things about it. Excellent. Uh, Sterling. (laughs) <laughs> uh, outstanding in its field um a real tour de force this the, the seminal semen shot <laughs> all right that's enough good that's a good enough good things uh <laughs> roberta uh dabs the cum off of the woman's face uh with the tissue the woman says to the waiter as he s- starts to zip up and stuff thy rod thy staff they comfort me Oh yeah, that's from the Bible. <laughs> that's a it's a good book for a reason. Oh yeah, it gives you uh, teaches you how to take a ride. <laughs> uh, one of the Florences knocks over a dish and breaks it, and the maitre d shows her a menu, and she looks shocked at it. So then she gets down and starts blowing him. Yep, quite a scene. Quite a scene indeed. Barbara says she has to step away for an appointment and tells Roberta to stay there and to have a waiter while you're waiting. 
Or better yet, give your compliments to the chef. And boy, did she. So then we cut to Michael Gaunt of uh, Corruption fame. Skeletal man. Uh, <laughs> properly named. Yes. Uh, he's at his desk tapping his fingers, and then we cut to him dictating something to a secretary who seems to be scribbling nonsense. And we see Barbara Broadcast walking across the city, and then finally she shows up in his office taking off her hat and jacket, and the secretary steps away. Yeah, this office was uh, one of those set pieces we talked about. This was just like they like took like a suite and just kind of emptied it out and just filled it back up with like office stuff that like I guess the art decorator mm-hmm. scrounged up from other parts of the hotel <laughs> and all that yeah, it looks good it looks like an office it doesn't look like a hotel room yeah it's pretty good yeah um very solid good aside maybe from like some of like the street shots this is like very different from like misty beethoven where like they were hopping continents yeah yeah like this all like was filmed within like the confines of this hotel Nice. For the most part, I think I think so. I was trying to think if there's another location. But, awesome. Uh, I can't think of it. If I'll look it up. <laughs> oh, Larry Ravine was uh, an uncredited cinematographer on this. That makes sense. Along with Chico Carter. Yeah, I could... It didn't say it, but I could feel it. <laughs> so Barbara walks toward uh, Michael Gaunt and uh, starts to make out with him. She leans down and starts to blow him as he leans back on his desk a bit. Uh, She stands up and steps away, and he clutches her from behind, and then she leans down onto a table and pulls up her dress, and uh, they fuck doggy style a bit. There's some good shots here. A lot of close-up facial reactions, um, which is definitely part of this style in this film. Mm -hmm. I would say it's about in this point, in the film when I noticed or began to notice how oral focused it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which isn't really that uncommon. Like every movie has like a blowjob scene or two, but I feel like every sex scene in this movie starts with some sort of oral sex. Yeah. Uh, just neat. Yeah. Very cool. It's a, it makes sense cause it's a really visual thing. Yeah. Uh, so it's easy to film and get that, get those good shots. Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, it's movie magic, baby. <laughs> uh, she gets back up and lays down on his desk, and she slowly lifts her skirt as she's watching and starts to play with herself. They make out more, and then he goes down on her. Uh, we get a screen-filling shot of his dick uh, right before he penetrates her. Yes, um, and at one point we get a shot of his sweaty, sweaty ass. <laughs> He is so sweaty at the end of this scene. He is. He's melting. Yeah, he is dripping. Uh, He fucks her missionary on the desk for a while, and uh, he finally pulls out and comes on her pubes, pushing back in to get a few more thrusts. So he makes out with her. Uh, And yes, he is indeed incredibly sweaty as they finish up the scene. Yeah, uh, Annette fingers her ass a little bit, too, I believe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good. Nice. Good stuff. Uh, the secretary comes in and stares at them blankly and uh, they're, as they're redressing. And the secretary says, everyone's waiting for you. What should I do? And uh, Michael Gaunt's character says, he'll be right along. And he finishes dressing and heads out of the office. And Barbara says, go get him, tiger. Back at the restaurant... The maitre d' is still lurking around, but we see Roberta sneaking off into the kitchen. 
back in the kitchen, there's a shirtless man scrubbing around. Uh, seems like a health code violation just in itself that he's just standing there shirtless. Yeah, uh, that's what scrubbing I Scrubbing around the pots of chest, theoretically boiling stuff. His chest hair is getting in the risotto. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're going to, I still think that even in this world of casual sex, that would be a violation. Yes. That's what I'm going to say. That's my stand. Well, thank you for taking a stand. You got to believe in things in life, otherwise <laughs> you just float through the void. Oh yeah. Then eventually die. That sucks. Never having believed that no shirt, no shoes, no service was truly a code to live by. <laughs> <laughs> Roberta makes eyes with the man as they uh, exchange glances. He's watching her as she approaches. She walks up towards him and then walks past him as they continue to exchange glances. The camera zooms down from Roberta to a metal bowl on the floor. The guy's still watching her as she steps forward, pulls up her skirt. Takes a huge steaming shit. (laughs) Uh, She doesn't, but she does squat down a bit, staring at him. They lock eyes for an uncomfortable amount of time, and he dabs some sweat off of his forehead. And then she squats down the rest of the way and starts to pee into the bowl as she's locking eyes with him. Yeah. This is about, like, dominance, right? I think so. I don't know. I I just think about myself in that situation, and I'm, like, you know, scrubbing dishes and stuff, and then I look up and some woman just walks in and pisses in a bowl. (laughs) I don't know how I would take that. Um... I guess it depends on if she's hot. I guess so. Yeah. You're like, oh man, that's just another dish I gotta fucking scrub. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, this is definitely a health code violation. Yeah. This is like the man who pissed in our stock room. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) People just piss anywhere, so this doesn't really surprise me. New York in the 70s. Oh yeah. You want to piss somewhere? Do it. Yeah, this is America. It's America. You're freedom it's your we have a right it's the land of the pea oh yeah it is (laughs) and the home of the brave yeah (laughs) uh she giggles a bit as she's finishing and lowers her skirt she pushes the bowl forward on the ground a bit the guy moves a pot out of the way and leans forward as she approaches him and she sits up on the counter and uh starts to play with herself the 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 urine scene was cut out in uh most of the like commercial prints that came out of this i'm not surprised yeah i'm glad it was restored but i don't think it was i don't think america was ready for it yeah i guess like, not and like the image you're like oh yes very arty very european <laughs> this is just a woman wandering into the kitchen to just piss in a bowl she found it's uh it's in the same context but it still feels cruder in <laughs> yes. its way uh and then the bowl of piss is just gone yeah. we don't get any resolution on it uh, somebody fucking was walking through later and definitely kicked it over. <laughs> like, almost, I feel like that has to be what happened. Yeah. Because it's definitely just right in the walkway. Yeah. It's, some guy walked past while they were banging it out and, like, looked over to see what was happening and just kicked piss all over the floor. <laughs> He's looking at her and watching her as she's playing with herself. He also has, like, this piece of white string just hanging out of his hair and onto his shoulders the whole scene. 
I missed that. That's beautiful. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's nothing to it. I just assumed that nobody noticed it while they were filming it, but it's kind of distracting once you notice it. <laughs> he sits up on the counter next to her and starts to touch her thigh a bit. And then he unzips his zipper and pulls out his cock. So uh, she plays with herself and he plays with himself a bit. Uh, he leans back and lays down on the counter and she grabs his cock and starts to blow him. After a bit, she leans back onto the counter and he goes down on her. Then he climbs up and mounts her, fucking her a bit. Uh, we then see her in doggy position and he starts to fuck her ass. Yeah, he has very severe tan lines. Oh yes, he does have like a, a speedo tan line going yeah, on. Yeah, but he's also just dominating her butthole. Yes, he sure is. This is definitely a health code violation. Yeah, they're going to get feces in the... Uh, from brulee <laughs> <laughs> she reaches back and feels his balls a bit as he's railing her uh then he finally pulls the rest of his pants down instead of fucking through a zipper like a monster <laughs> and this is where you can see his tan lines real good oh yes yes he's really fucking her ass pretty hard and then he uh pulls out and comes on her ass before pushing back into her vagina for a few extra thrusts uh, then rubbing health his... Health code violation. Yes. <laughs> also a health code violation in a different way. Um, and then he pulls his dick out and just kind of rubs it through her crack a bit as it's softening. Uh, seems like a fun time. Yeah. the uh, There's some good stuff in that scene. Like, that's another, like, thing where, like, all the uh, steaming dishes and stuff. Oh, yeah. They did that with uh, dry ice. That makes sense. Yeah, it looks good. It's very, uh, it's really well done. It frames the scene very nicely. Yes, for sure. This is a, you know, you have your earlier scene in the restaurant, and the cool thing about that is there's just a ton of extras in the background the whole time. Yeah. It's a very active scene. Yeah. And then we have this that has, like, a lot of great visual design based off of that. Mm -hmm. There's, like, smoke in a lot of the shots. Um, and like in the foreground and them fucking in the background and stuff like that. It's very creative. An extra kicking over the piss bowl. Yes. And like, Oops. And just being like, oh, well, I'm not cleaning that up. And just <laughs> getting out of the kitchen as fast as you can. <laughs> uh, he pulls her close and kisses her and he is very, very sweaty. <laughs> we cut to Barbara walking into the restaurant and she asked the maitre d' if the lady she was with uh, left any messages and he hands uh, a piece of paper over to her we cut to a dance club and there's some meatheads arm wrestling uh, one has a carpet of shoulder hair there's also like people playing backgammon on a wall mm-hmm. I don't know how to play backgammon at all I don't either um, I know it's a dangerous game because when I was in college, I was just wandering through the library and came upon, like, a section of books about games. Uh-huh. And there was, like, backgammon, blood on the tiles, backgammon, <laughs> the most dangerous game. And I'm like, what is going on? I thought it oh. was just, like, a very simple, like, game for, like, older people. Right. But apparently it's life or death, uh, which is why it's in this club. This is, yeah, this is a... This is a... Uh, a club of sport. Yeah, it's kind of, a, it, they say it's a disco, but it's really not. It's <laughs> like a, it's like a dank club where you play various games of sport and it's lit like a Suspiria room. Yes, it is. 
we see Roberta dancing and Barbara approaches her. Barbara lights a joint and uh, Roberta asks if she's going to offer her a sip of her joint. <laughs> Barbara says that what she normally offers people is more expensive, but never overpriced. They're slowly dancing with each other and start to kiss. And then uh, Barbara gets down and starts to give Roberta some oral sex. And she says it's getting way past my head time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she does. Yes. Roberta's just standing there holding her dress up. Of course, everybody else in the club's just dancing around and acting normal because this is the world we live in in Barbara Broadcast. Then Barbara lays Roberta down on some red steps and makes out with her and uh, unbuttons her shirt and uh, licks and sucks her nipples. There is like a good like grooving disco track that's like going on during this. Oh, I yeah, yeah. It has some vocals. I don't remember what it's called, but this like Misty Beethoven has a really good soundtrack that it seems like he mostly put together through library music again. Yeah inspirational library music as we'll soon find out indeed barbara goes down on her a bit more and then uh they switch places and roberta goes down on barbara on the steps and then we see a big cock on the screen and it pushes into roberta as she's still going down on barbara the guy eats roberta's ass a little bit and finally strokes and comes on her ass uh pushing back into her vagina to fuck her a little bit more as she continues to go down on Barbara. Then we see Roberta blowing a guy. I think this is a different guy. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's not. It's hard we to We don't see. really get to see any of these faces, no faces. during the scene. Yeah, it's um there's some point where I think a fly lands on Roberta's vagina. We're <laughs> <laughs> like uh, I think a Barbara's eating her out, and it just kind of lands and walks around her thigh for a minute and flies away. <laughs> Barbara's watching closely as Roberta's blowing this guy for a bit, and after a bit, she finishes him off with her hand into her mouth and sucks him off more. Uh, this is when uh, a very familiar theme plays. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, the theme from the People's Court. Yes, indeed. Um it's a, a song called The Big One by Alan Two. Yes. T-E-W, which uh, this was apparently the inspiration for that theme, which I'm not sure how much it could be called an inspiration as much as like a direct copy. I'm pretty sure it's the same song. It might it's be. It's just library music. I think got, so. I wonder, um, uh, it says inspired, but I don't know. Uh, I'm pretty sure if you go to the Wikipedia page for that song, it just lists the People's Court as that song. Dun, dun. Or dun, as dun, using dun, that song. Dun. Okay, yeah, you're right. Okay. I thought maybe it had become like, an, it had inspired someone to be like, this is a good song. I'm going to copy it exactly <laughs> and do like a little like Vanilla Ice David Bowie thing. <laughs> um, but okay, cool. That's even better. So, uh, I love the People's Court. It's where people like you and I can get justice for the crimes of this world. Yes. With Judge Marilyn Million. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Barbara goes to make out with this guy who just came, and it's Curly, played by Jamie Gillis. Sure is. Uh, they say hi to each other, and uh, he says to Barbara, it's still a business doing pleasure with you. She's excited to see him and introduces Curly to Roberta. 
She asks if he got off good, and he says, yeah, it was great. And he tells Barbara that this Roberta was better than that other girl. Roberta asks who? And he says that it was a pap, a Protestant American princess. He says that Barbara had a pap working for her. Barbara says to set her straight, they let Curly have at her to act out one of his fantasies. You know what this is? This is a pap smear campaign. (laughs) Thank you. Uh... (laughs) So then we see a scene that was cut from the opening of Misty Beethoven, just jammed in here. Oh, jammed is right. And uh, later on, uh, Constance Money was upset about this being in this film because she is credited with this film, even though she didn't actually shoot anything yeah, for this film and didn't get, get paid, paid for, for this anything. film. <laughs> it sucks. But yeah, I could see why you'd be like, what the fuck? I will say that this scene works better here than it would have in Misty Beethoven. Yeah. Even though it's clearly just jammed in here. Yeah, it's not a bad scene at all. No, it's a good scene. It's a good, like, BDSM scene. It definitely, yeah, it works here just as, like, a vignette versus as part of, like, the story of Misty Beethoven. It would have, I think, definitely taken on all the darker dimensions. Yeah. So we see Curly with... What appears to be a hair iron that he's carried into this room with him yeah. where Constance Money is chained to the wall and has a nipple clamps and a collar on. Yeah. He sits down the iron and uh, cuts off Misty, or this woman's, <laughs> this Pap's <Yeah. laughs> panties. She's got her uh, legs chained wide as well, so uh, he starts to slowly touch her vagina and then Mm -hmm. lick it uh she's also got a mirror under her butt so we could see from below what's happening as well yes creates dazzling optical illusions yes such uh, as the appearance of jamie's balls being over his cock (laughs) (laughs) he chains her legs up a bit and then uh, wiggles and removes the nipple clamps that are on her she struggles a bit against the chains, and he goes down on her a bit more. Then uh, we see him turn her over in the other direction, and uh, we hear the people's court theme again, the big one. <laughs> he licks her ass a bit and then starts to fuck her doggy style. Uh, because of the mirror below, we can see the penetration really well in this scene. We cut to her chained to the wall again, and he's fucking her mouth. He starts fucking it much harder and faster. Uh, there's some really good shots here, like a lot of shots of him fucking her mouth mm-hmm. from behind, but we see her like legs moving around and uh, kicking and stuff. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty good. He strokes finishing in her mouth and on her face, and she smiles a bit as she's rubbing it on her face with his cock. With his cock. <clears throat> with his cock. Cock in your throat. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they share a cummy kiss together. They sure do. It's a, a deep, lasting bond. It is indeed. <laughs> so we cut back to the club, and Barbara and Roberta are kissing. And Barbara asks uh, where they're going to do this tomorrow. And Roberta suggests the restaurant again. We cut back to the restaurant and we see two waitresses going down on the Mater D. Then we cut back outside and see some more street shots again. And then we get our The End title card. And that was Barbara Broadcast. Stirring. A visual <laughs> fantasy that the world's never seen before. A vision of the future. A vision of the future 
or perfect utopia. Indeed. All right, uh, we'll be back in a minute to give our reviews for Barber Broadcast. <coughs> I was trying not to cough. <coughs> Thank you for a brief history of the People's Court. It was very brief. I read exactly one sentence in this Wikipedia article about it. Uh, It was taped in Manhattan for the first 15 seasons of the revival, but uh, since the 16th season, it's taped in Stamford, Connecticut. Oh, okay. Yeah. Manhattan's more of a... Is that a people place than Stamford? What do you think? Probably, but it probably just costs more. Yeah. They've taken the ball out of the people's court. (laughs) They've taken the people out of the people's court. Yeah, they sure have. We need to put people back in the people's court. I demand people in the people's court. I want to pack the bench on the people's court. (laughs) Joe Biden must pack the bench of the people's court. (laughs) All Uh, right. Well, uh, (laughs) those are my demands. All right, well, we're back on the Raincoat Report to give our final thoughts on Barber Broadcast. So, Jeremy, let's hear your Raincoat Review. This film was a fine meal of uh, sensual delights. (laughs) (laughs) I think that might have been a blurb I read that someone else wrote. But uh, I would say I agree with that statement that I'm misquoting. (laughs) Uh, In general, I I really enjoyed this film. In comparison to stuff we've covered, I think the closest thing I could think of to something like this would be like Bijou, where okay. like the sex uh, kind of determines the structure of the film and instead of like the plot like line, like a traditional plot structure, there's a very slight narrative running throughout. Right. But it ultimately doesn't matter too much. It's just the, uh, it's just people having fun, like having sex in elaborate locations. Yeah. Uh, and there's really no one I think who could handle that better than Radley Metzger. And he really pulls that off here. He sure uh, does. This has pretty much all the stuff I liked about uh, Misty Beethoven in the image, just uh, in a more full blown fantasy uh, sort of world. Yeah. Where, uh, where sex reigns supreme. I would say. There is some of that in uh, Misty Beethoven as well, like the airline scenes and stuff like that, where yeah. people are just getting blown. And I do kind of like that that seems to be one of his things, is just creating like a sex-friendly world. Yeah. Like, just like where it's all very casual and not taboo. And I think he pretty amiably succeeds in uh, doing that, especially here. Uh, there's a lot of great camera work. A lot of great art direction, cinematography. He didn't 
excellent job picking the music yeah out from uh the different stuff that was available to him i do say i probably like the opening of misty beethoven soundtrack a little bit more mm-hmm. but just for the inclusion of uh such a familiar theme to me uh with the people's court song <laughs> uh including that was a, a stroke of genius and including it twice was also a stroke of genius <laughs> as everyone knows once you have two strokes you're on top of the world <laughs> um so yeah they, there's a lot of great sex great to look at i would say this film's probably about a four i feel like i don't have as much to say about it uh-huh um in a lot of ways there's nothing to really like complain about it moves along at a good clip Mm-hmm. I do feel a little cheated that they just kind of, that uh, Radley just sort of dropped a scene, like a cut scene in. Yeah. But uh, apparently, like, Maraschino Cherry is mostly that. <laughs> so, I guess that just became his thing once it got probably too expensive to film, like, the way he wanted to. But yeah. I mean, he just had all this extra stuff. Uh, he should at least pay the people. Yeah, I agree. But, uh... It's probably also, a little late now. Yeah, it's pretty fly by night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's nice to see some of my favorites like Annette Haven and Bobby Astor mm-hmm. do their thing. Uh, like I've mentioned throughout the show, I really like Bobby Astor's character. He doesn't have like any lines, but he just gives like perfect like comedic looks and timing, and it's very fun. Yeah. And it, the film itself overall is just very fun. Uh, you could just kind of put it on if you're not like taking notes and just kind of lose yourself in it. I feel like. Yeah. I would give it a four. All right. All right. I agree with you. I think that this is a pretty fun film. Um, there's a lot of great visual flourishes along the way, and I think that that's, that's kind of a lot of this film is it's kind of just spectacle. Um, yes. You know, like we've said multiple times, yeah. I think just these elaborate set pieces. Yeah, like, and the, that and like the focus on oral sex is just kind of like a very visual element Yeah. of that. But you definitely, it's a spectacle. Yeah. That's the word for it. It's, uh, you know, when I first saw this film, it was not long after I watched the opening of Misty Beethoven the first time. And I was a little bit disappointed in this film just Mm -hmm. because it didn't have... I went in expecting more of a narrative push like Misty Beethoven has, but it's not really here. Mm -mm. But when you look at it as just, you know, a way to string together sex scenes... This is really successful at that. There is a lot of fun to this world. This uh, sexual fantasy world that Radley made here is pretty interesting, and uh, it keeps the viewer wanting to see what's next. So there's, there's a lot of fun to be had here, despite the lack of a plot. We have a pretty awesome cast in this film, as we've kind of brought up. Annette Haven, Jamie Gillis, Bobby Astor... Um, CJ Lang is great in her role. She has a great scene with the, uh, I don't know if it's the dishwasher or the chef. <laughs> I think he's a, sh- I don't know. They should have just indicated by his shirt. Like Barbara's comment to give, uh, give her thanks to the chef or whatever earlier makes me think that it's supposed to be the chef, but he was just shirtless scrubbing stuff. So I don't know. There are a bunch of steaming dishes about him as well. Yeah. It's- well he, he plays many roles. I'm sure he's uh, quite uh, instrumental in keeping that kitchen running. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's just, I think it's Wade Nichols. He's just a, a cook. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyhow, yeah, it's a it's a fun time. I really don't have much to add to it. It's a it's a big elaborate production, and it's very special in that way. I think that the various uh, things that they did in this film are unlike the stuff that you would see in pretty much any other film. And for that, it's something to definitely check out and uh, watch. So I would also give this four stars. I think that it's uh, pretty darn good. Agreed. The people's court is now adjourned. You <laughs> owe me $1,500. Oh, no. Sorry, the judgment is final, and you had you signed all those papers that said it was legally binding. Uh, this is what I get for television arbitration. Yeah, well, pay up. Oh. Okay, well, then give me your raincoat. Oh, no. Yeah. What are you going to do now? Uh, I guess I'm not going to forget my raincoat. That's the end. <laughs> <laughs>